two of China's biggest cities have made it easier overnight for first home buyers to scoop up all those surplus apartments. And in Australia, inflation was weaker than expected. Reinforcing those expectations, the cash rate will be held again next week. That's coming up in our five things in five minutes. And then in our bonus deep dive into those problems in China's property market, we look at the risks it turns into a black swan event. Here's Raymond Jung. It's still a confidence issue of whether households see property investment as a a good long-term investment. And this is uh, still a big question mark. But first, in 5 and 5 with ANZ, number one, Guangzhou, China's fifth biggest city and the tech hub of Shenzhen, have announced that first home buyers will get preferential loans, regardless of their previous credit records. This move comes after the authorities in China called on cities to broaden the definition of the first home mortgage to revive the property market. Number two, Australian inflation was weaker than expected in July, up just 4.9% from a year ago when ANZ was expecting 5.5% and the market slightly lower. Here's ANZ senior economist Adelaide Timbrell. This is a lot less inflation than what the market was expecting and a really encouraging result ahead of the Q3 CPI. Now, electricity prices did jump in July as we expected um, and without government rebate impacts, according to the Australian Bureau of Statistics, that increase would have been 19.2%. But once we added in the impact of government rebates, the actual increase in electricity prices over July for this monthly CPI indicator was just 6%. That's something that really stopped a big jump in the overall number. Number three, Australian housing cost inflation also decelerated in July. Here's Adelaide again. Overall housing price increases actually decelerated uh, and have been decelerating since early this year. So that's been something really positive. We also saw that fruit and vegetables uh, prices are actually down 5.4% year on year, which has allowed total food prices to come down a little bit. Number four, the RBA will find this data encouraging ahead of next Tuesday's decision, with a hold still expected. These figures are really encouraging for the Reserve Bank. Both the headline and trimmed mean inflation were down uh, over the month. And what that tells us is that despite those electricity price increases, we're not necessarily going to see July being a big problem factor for Q3. But even if we do see a reacceleration of inflation in Q3 after the very good Q2 data, that's probably not going to be enough to spook the Reserve Bank, particularly if it's for reasons that are expected, such as increase in the minimum wage, the increase in electricity and gas prices through the quarter, and some of those housing shortage-related increases that the Reserve Bank knew about at their last couple of meetings. And so if it wasn't enough to hike then, it's not going to be enough to hike now. Number five, building approvals were down in Australia in July, and they were also down in New Zealand. Here's Senior Economist for ANZ New Zealand, Miles Workman, on why this might be a longer-term problem. For the past two or three quarters now, we have actually gone from New Zealand building enough. In fact, when we had our borders closed, we were building more than enough houses to keep up with population growth. But now migration taps have been turned back on. Uh, We're now back into housing deficit territory, and those deficits do appear to be widening. ANZ's Miles Workman. 
Now for our bonus deep dive into the hottest of topics, whether falls in Chinese apartment prices could turn into a rout, with home buyers in negative equity and a cascade of problems from property developers and on down into China's financial system, a black swan event. ANZ's Chief Economist for Greater China, Raymond Yung, talked to my colleague Catherine Dyer about that risk this week. Here's part one of their chat, looking firstly at the prices of new apartments. And remember, there's two years' worth of unsold supply there. China is not experiencing the seamless sort of free fall in property price as in other countries. In some of the previous crises that we know, for example, in Tokyo back in 1991 or even Hong Kong in 1997, uh, price could fall pretty quickly. And so far, we don't see that because the regulators and local authorities have had a very stringent rule not to allow developer to cut price so easily. So as long as the policy continue, then that would, to some extent, assure household that, well, the investment I have will still have some upside rather than downside. And I'm not worried about a collapse of the asset that I'm holding. And this is critically important to maintain China and avoid, you know, the negative equity problem. Is that ban on price cuts for new developments, is that still being uh, enforced universally or is it coming under pressure? Currently, uh, because developers are having some uh, cash flow problem to complete the project, so they would rather sell their inventory as soon as possible to get some cash in order to meet their financial commitment and to avoid default or even bankruptcy. So uh, that's why some of the local governments uh, started to allow them to do so as long as they are not cutting uh, the price too aggressively. For example, in Zhuhai, uh, local authorities reportedly allow them to uh, cut the price by 15% of the scheduled price uh, filed with the authority. So this is some of the event that I'm watching closely and uh, hopefully this will not be widespread and the extent uh, of allowing the price cut for this type of property will not be too massive. Um, how are existing property owners who bought those apartments at top prices, how are they reacting when the prices for second and third tranches of developments are slashed? I, I think universally, if you just buy a property about a year ago and now you see the price that started to fall, then you don't feel happy. And there might be some protests or there might be some <laughs> sentiment issue that uh, want to express that to the uh, developers that, hey, why, why are you cutting price now that I bought the property last year? But to be honest, this is market um, uh, behavior. And I, I believe that that would not be turned into a widespread social unrest. But at the same time, they have to accept it. And so far by our research, we see that uh, some of the buyers that who bought the property uh, at a high price back in 2021, just two years ago, they started to see the um, price to slightly fall below um, their uh, loan outstanding, uh, but it's not widespread. And as long as Chinese uh, authorities able to maintain the price expectation and property price will not be uh, turned into a long-term asset deflation, then I believe that the, those who uh, hold property and bought property two years ago will not be turned into negative equities and that would not be uh, turned into a very meaningful <laughs> economic uh, crisis. What are the risks of relaxing that price requirement too much to ease the pain for property developers? 
There are a couple of um, property supportive measures launched by the Chinese government recently. One is uh, mortgage easing, means that uh, they redefine uh, the first home buyers and uh, allow people who do not have mortgage on hand, even though they might have a mortgage in the past, that they no longer have it. Uh, if they buy a property again, then they will not be treated as a second-time buyer. It's still regarded as first home buyer. And uh, some other measures include that in some cities, local authorities allow the deposit or down payment ratio down to uh, 20%. And hopefully that will reactivate the property transaction and allow the upgrading of existing property owners for self-use. Now, the overarching policy constraint is that the house is still for living. And it means that the uh, Chinese government does not want to uh, encourage uh, speculations. ANZ's chief economist for Greater China, Raymond Yung there. Tomorrow, he'll look at why negative equity or foreclosures are not such an issue in China, as long as prices don't fall too much. I'm Bernard Hickey. That was 5 and 5 with ANZ for Thursday, August the 31st. Catch you tomorrow with the latest on European inflation and the rest of that China property deep dive. This podcast was recorded for publication on behalf of ANZ. All associated disclosures and disclaimers can be viewed using the link in your media player or the ANZ website through which you access this podcast. All care has been taken to report the views of ANZ Research in the creation of this podcast, but as an independent host, any differing interpretations are strictly mine and not ANZ's. Feel free to contact your ANZ point of contact with any questions.